Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. It's basically for free, and you get to read all of Sam Bassini's stuff. You can listen to this podcast ad-free. So if you don't like the ads, you have the option to listen ad-free. So go do that today. That's theathletic.com slash down to dunk with me as always on Mondays. This is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, and you get all the coverage of other sports as well. That's true. Uh, which is, I mean, I, I mean, for, for you appearance to, to watch and to know about NFL or other sports, it's not so easy with the athletic. You actually can. And, yeah. and even if you don't like the sport, um, I mean, if you're not an NFL fan or baseball fan or whatever, I mean, I am reading a lot of analytical stuff, even yeah. for other sports. And even if you don't understand anything like about the two, three technique of defensive tackles or stuff like that, you can read through the process of how like other analytics communities watch their games yeah. and how they go at their things. For example, I know that we discussed this, uh, this in the past, um, maybe even in, on last week's show, I don't remember, about uh, the draft and how the NFL uh, analysts are like discussing the draft, mm-hmm. like the how much they put into positional values, how yeah. much it's important for, for them to like pick for a certain position mm-hmm. as a certain value period. That um, And something like that, I mean, it's, it's so... Like it opens your mind mm-hmm. and makes you think about the draft in different ways. Yep. So subscribe and um, and read through a lot of nerd stuff because those are insanely <laughs> awesome. Yeah, positional value is a real thing. I mean, having yeah. a guy that can create, and we're watching in the playoffs right now, just the value of creators. And you look at as simple as something like the the Warriors selecting Jordan Poole late in that 2019 draft and what he had. And to be clear, there are a lot of guys that get taken in those slots that have what he has. But the reason people keep doing it is because of guys like Jordan Poole. Because if you can create off the dribble and you can hit threes 
and you can hold up defensively at least a little bit, like the value is tremendous. That's why the Thunder took Trey Mann. You yeah. know? Because Trey if Trey Mann can be anything like Jordan Poole, and like look back at Poole, he couldn't play. They sent him to oh, yeah. the G League because he was so bad in a season where they just needed bodies. So like Or hey, Andrew, maybe they were pulling levers and we didn't Hey, know maybe the they pulled a lot of levers that year and took the exact wrong guy, that number two. <laughs> um, just amazing stuff. So but yeah, go yeah. go check out the athletic uh couple of announcements. Uh May 17th, it's a week from tomorrow, believe it or not, is the NBA Draft Lottery. And we are having a lottery party at the Jones Assembly downtown in Oklahoma City. Be there. It's from 6 to 9 p.m. Show up early, get some food, hang out. It's going to be so much fun. Again, you don't want to be watching the lottery at home alone or at home with people that can't match your energy, please join us. It's going to be a room full of people that can totally match your energy, whether it's good, bad, whatever, indifferent. Who cares? You want to be there. And it's going to be wonderful. And then we have partnered with Lively Beer. Or dreadful, but at least you will have good food and good beers. Yeah, exactly. And one of those good beers is will be on tap that night, and we'll be, I think we'll wow. have cans there that night too. It's called The Dream Scenario. We have partnered with Lively Beer Works, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's great. You should come and have one, and you know we'll see what happens. But you can buy that at liquor stores this week, I believe. You can also buy it from Lively. They have a, a place where you can buy it downtown. You can get on tap down there too. So be sure to check that out. Uh, Kelly, we're going to do a 2019 redraft today, but before we do that, it's before the lottery. We have four more tankathon spins before we get to the lottery, and then we'll do no more spins. We'll only talk about who they will take at X spot. So we're going to do a spin today to see what happens. So I'm going to close my eyes. We're going to hit lottery. We're going to sim the lottery and see what happens. Here we go. And the game. <laughs> this spin was a good one. Number one pick. It's a terrible one. I know. It, so it is like so bad for my expectations. It is so. It is. It's like. It, it's good for today. Like it feels good, but it's bad for expectations. Uh, okay, so you're Sam Presti. Well, let's say Sam Presti flies to Italy on the day of the draft, and he knocks on your door. Amazing. He says, Michele, I listen to the Monday podcast exclusively. I don't listen to those other dum-dums. I actually even mute Andrew because I just want to hear you. And I want to know. <laughs> I want to know who you think I should take number one. I can't decide. The three bigs are all so good. I've seen them all play. I feel comfortable with any of the three. Michele, who do I need to take at number one? Help me. I mean, I would probably go Chet. Yeah. I'm circling through this a lot of times in my head. Um, there are reasons for taking like any of the top three guys. Yeah, I, I could I could sit here and make the case for all three, I feel like. <laughs> Very yeah. easily, I could make the case for all three. 
but I I was talking to my good friend Lorenzo mm -hmm. and he told me I mean you're right of being scared from chat yeah I mean, that body is really scary yeah uh, you, you should know better than me he told me Mm -hmm. <laughs> referring to Pokushevsky. Um, <laughs> but if that guy puts a little bit on, which is something that you can trust an NBA team to do. I mean, if you look at how yeah. Embiid came into the league and how he is right now, mm -hmm. uh, he's basically, I mean, I mean, he's double the size that mm -hmm. he was. Uh, and I was afraid for his knee, for his back. And no, it seems... Mm -hmm. Completely fine. Yep. Um, if that player can put a little bit of weight on, he will be a super duper star. Mm -hmm. I have no doubts because he is so good defensively. He has so good timing. He he knows how to slide his feet, how to be a weak side rim protector. And on offense, he plays extremely well mm -hmm. and extremely in a flow. He's not the guy that will like just go into his own and do stuff outside of the rhythm of the of the of the game and that to me is extremely important um probably offensively he's not the guy who with the, the highest upside the highest upside is paulo with the shot uh or pat mahomes uh depending on who is interviewing him <laughs> Isn't that video um, amazing oh my gosh that was so great if you haven't seen it you can go look at paulo bancaro's uh twitter account he retweeted quote retweeted this video of him being interviewed <laughs> by this guy who thought he was pat mahomes and then didn't know who he was, and then asked him who he was, and then acted like, basically acted like he was some random teenager that he was interviewing. And it was amazing. And Paolo was totally <laughs> cool. About he was. It was, it's amazing. It made me love Paolo even more. Uh, yeah. yeah, I could easily yeah. talk myself into Paolo, though. Um, oh, me too. There me too. are, I mean, I've, I've heard that there are GMs that will not touch Chet Holmgren. Like there's there are NBA journal managers that hate Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Do not would if they drew number 1, they would for sure not select him. And there are GMs that love Jabari Smith and love Paul Bancaro. So, this this is going to be so interesting whether or not the Thunder get number 1. It's going to be so interesting to see who lands there. Because it is going to be like an eye of the beholder situation with what happens in this draft. Because those three are so different that you just don't know what teams are going to prefer. I don't think Jaden Ivey has a realistic chance of jumping in there. If I see it, is it number one? I see it as very 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 unlucky uh, unlikely oh there's um, no way even even if i mean if the rockets are there no i mean i guess like the only situation i could see like maybe orlando really likes him um but yeah i just don't see him i think it's one of those three but it's gonna be we just don't know it's this is not Cade cunningham you know where it was like yeah whoever wins the lottery is gonna get Cade cunningham you know, or Anthony yeah. Davis or Zion or whoever. This is a who? Who do you like? What kind? What do you need? You know, because I mean, like the Thunder needs scoring badly, and they need mm -hmm. like another go-to score. And if you like, you could easily argue that Paul Bancaro is that guy. Yeah, you know, like he's a he's a monster, and he's a 
great passer. And he's... I mean, OKC needs a scorer because you don't believe in microwave Trey Mann off the, off the bench scoring 25 per game. That is because you have no faith in him. That's right. Bingo. Okay. Bingo. <laughs> not 25. No, I do not believe in that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if you're scared of the size of Chet, Paul McGarro weighs like 60 pounds more than Chet. So That's insane. You know... Uh, Jabari, if you're like, we want the longest runway for, for a prospect that can shoot. Jabari is a year younger than Chet. I think Chet just turned 20, actually. So, like, there's, he's, Jabari's still 18, you know? Yeah. So, the, the runway there for these guys, like, the Jabari runway is, is a longer runway. The Shade and Sharp runway is longer. AJ Griffin, longer. Um, Chet, though, has yeah. a has a skill set that is weird. And it's interesting. And it's, you know, you look at some of the guys that are leading the way right now. I mean, the weirdo of the last two years, Nikola Jokic, won the MVP twice. And he is the weirdest player in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, he's the most unusual player, and he's he has the opposite weight problem that Chet has, you know. But st- I, still, there's there's a you know there's a there's a point in not going conventional, you know, when it comes to the draft. So I'm I'm so intrigued. Yeah. I'm so so intrigued. I if I were to bet, if I were to if this scenario happens where the Thunder get get number one, I would heavily favor Chet Holmgren. To be the number one yeah. pick. Heavily. But, but it's not that a guy like Paolo Banquero doesn't fit OKC. This is something that I wouldn't. All three of them do. All three of them. There's not there's not yeah. one that says that I would look at and say they don't fit. They are no, all gonna you're be, right. they would all be fine. They would all be great. That's that's why like landing in the top three, it doesn't matter where, you're you should be throwing a party. If yeah. you land just in the top three, because I you can make the case that, like I said, Chet, Jabari, or Paolo should be the first pick. Like should be the first pick. Yeah. And depending on the day, I'll I'll pick one of those three. Yeah. Paolo's passing is something that will gel immediately with OKC. It would Even be, better than yes. than Chet's and yes, and the size, the fact that he can he's a six ten like giant yeah he really in is. terms of body weight yeah and he's not like fat by any means he's just no. heavy heavy yeah. and, and, and you don't notice him being heavy i mean if right. you look aj griffin he'll look him and you say yeah it's a bit heavy even if he doesn't have exactly an ounce of fat um and paulo carries his weight in a perfect way mm-hmm. the, the point is I mean, you can see the shot, you can see Jabari's, you can see Chet's, and you trust those more than Paolo. Mm-hmm. Um, but if J- that James Anderson fruition, points out that Paolo is the worst fit defensively. Yeah, because the other two, well, Jabari is a good defender, uh, even very good one. Yeah, But I see Paolo being someone who has the same flashes. As Jabari, I mean, you can see him being uh, when he's focused on the on the on his guy. He's very good. 
He's yeah. a guy that falls asleep, yes. Um, this is I mean, where the th- you, Thunder Incubator is important. And this is where, like, exactly. Mark, this is where Mark Degnault, if he can put him on the Trey Man plan, and maybe you can't, it's, it is extremely possible that Paul Bancaro star power is, is too big to fit the Trey Man plan. And it probably is. However, if you can hold him to a standard of playing defense, and if he can be taught, like he, his up, all, all three of their upsides is insane. Palos is absolutely insane. And then when you talk about like the creation ability, the passing, I mean, it's it's all there for me. And he he, they all three have have flaws. Like none of them are perfect prospects. Yeah. Um. But I would still, I still say I would stick with Chet Holmgren because he has the highest ceiling. He's got. He's got the shoot pass dribble stuff. He's got the defense. Um, positionally, he'll be a center, and I, I think that they've got. I think that he he makes them the uh, the most versatile team possible. So, um, yeah. Uh, anybody at twelve that sticks out to you yet, or are you not not quite there yet? Well. I've watched a bunch of guys that can slide to 12. Um, not realistically. I mean, there are mocks with AJ Griffin like creeping into the yeah. 10, 11 ish range. I think I would draft him at six. Yeah. So, um, Matherin is another guy that we already discussed. Mm-hmm. I think that he will be gone by 10, um, like more that. than Griffin. Um, Johnny Davis is a guy that I just finished my uh, deep dive on. Um, I don't particularly like him. I would not for Griffin if he's at number ten. I would probably draft it, like use another asset to to grab him. Mm-hmm. With Johnny Davis, I wouldn't as of today. But if um, jo- what if Johnny Davis falls? Yeah, I would grab him for yeah. now. Um, to me, it's not the ideal prospect for KC. He's a um, guy who takes way, like a little bit like Jabari. He takes way too many jumpers. Mm-hmm. And Jabari has the efficiency to do so. Johnny Davis doesn't. Yeah. Um, um, but I'm, I'm worried. Th- that is the thing that worries me about Jabari is the fact that, hey, I'm shooting this thing mm-hmm. uh, almost every time. Mm-hmm. And if I have someone open right there, like four feet from me, that's not going to matter. Yeah. And these kind of things to me are, I don't know how much you can work with that. Um, and that's why, I mean, yes, I, I see the concerns with Paolo's defense. I see the concerns with um, like with the defense in general, but at least he showed me, hey, I can have like a, a half of great defense. And I don't know, passing is something that is hard, a little bit harder to teach, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's it's unlikely that you develop into a great passer. You can develop into a shooter, you can develop your defense. Those things are more developable than more able to develop than passing. But you know Tatum did that to a degree. Tatum developed um, like everything. Tatum- if we're like yeah. if we're being honest, because the player that he was at Duke is not even close to the player he is today. Yeah. But the ability to like not being a ball stopper and being a guy that keeps yeah. the flow going, that is something that either you 
you learn quickly or it's it's hard and Tatum mm -hmm. credit to him did it but to yeah, bank on other players to do that it's um i don't know yeah yeah it's it's uh it's foolish <laughs> frankly <laughs> It's foolish to to bank on stuff like that happening. Uh, all right, we are going to take a quick break. After that break, we are going to do a 2019 redraft. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And we're back from that quick break. McKelly, we're going to do a 2019 redraft. I think I got the first pick in our last redraft, so I'm going to give you the number one pick, and you have... You have there's a right and wrong answer here for this number one pick in the 2019 class. Uh, who you got number one? It's John Morant. Um, I don't think that that is really a question anymore. Uh, I think that the probably uh, 100% Zion Williamson is still someone who can change the future of a franchise. But hey, you have to make a bet on like a healthy version of. Zion exists, and B, Ja is changing a franchise as well. Yeah, and he's doing it in a spectacular way. Mm -hmm. So let's—I don't know—I would make probably the same pick last year already. So, can you imagine having John Bi? That would be awesome. That would be quite awesome. Yeah, sorry, Pelicans fans. Okay, number two. The Memphis Grizzlies don't get their guy in John Morant. I'm going to give them Darius Garland instead. Because I I think you have to be a little bit risk-averse when it comes to Zion Williamson. Not for too much longer. But Darius Garland has been awesome for the Cavs. Like a great shot maker. 
a guy who can create off the dribble. He can shoot it. He can pass. He's an outstanding prospect. So number two, I'm going to go Darius Garland. Now it's my turn. And like the Sixers did with Embiid, even if you have so many concerns Mm -hmm. about the risks, stuff like that, there is just no way that you can pass. Yeah. Yeah. Just no way. Um, There's nobody left. There's nobody left that you feel great about that you're like, that you can bank on to lead your franchise. Yeah. He's probably going to play less than a hundred games in his entire career. I think that would bet the under. Um, Wow. In his entire career. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That to me is the most, it's very the, hopeless. The, it's the likeliest thing. But even the 40, 40, 30% chance that he plays more, he comes back and plays like a, mm-hmm. like, a, like he did a couple of years ago, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Even if I have like a little chance for that to happen, I will probably take it. Yeah. If you're the Knicks... Just do it. Just do yeah. it. I mean, you've, 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 RJ Barrett's not raised your ceiling that much. So you better bring somebody in there that can, and they would screw it up anyways. Uh, number four. I think it's pretty clear that RJ Barrett's the fourth best player in this class. I don't particularly love him with the Hawks. But I'll take him anyways. The, you know, outside of Trey Young, they could use another shot creator, a guy that can get to the free throw line, a guy that can play a little bit of defense. And part of my hope is that in a better situation, he develops a little bit faster. And the Knicks have not been that situation, in my opinion. So I'll take RJ Barrett. I'm still a fan. I still think a wing that size. Is, that can dribble and score and do all the things that he does is hard to come by. So I'll go RJ. Yeah. Um, this I draft, by the way, any... like low key, not good. The top, right. I agree with you. But there are tons of players that are still, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe he has something to show in the NBA. Yeah. There's some there's some decent guy. players, but you get to, you get to fringe starter bench player pretty fast. Yeah, but all in the same level, and still young players. Yeah, it's it is hard to after like the first after these first four for me. It's hard like you could argue that somebody should be you know fifth or tenth. You know? Oh no, I have a pretty clear number five guy. Okay, who you got? I want Tyler Hero. I would you probably want Hero. Pick... Okay. Oh yeah. Yes, okay. I was extremely high on him yeah. um, during the draft process. I think that he had um, not a great moment last year in his career, and he is quite good. Yeah. He he is um, not a borderline all star, but I don't. If you told me today, if you tell me today, hey, he'll have a Zach Lavine type of explosion mm-hmm. as soon as he has more possessions, I would not 
bet against it because that that guy wants it that guy knows how to score the basket mm-hmm. he's probably unplayable in um high stakes game in terms of defense um but there are like he i think i had him four a fourth on my board yeah. and um i really like him um yeah. i think that uh, he can have like next year an amazing season i say oh wow yeah defensively there's a lot of issues with hero yeah. um and he's 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 really good he is as a creator a little limited at times too and we're seeing that in yeah. this current sixer series is that he can't carry your offense like he's a great number 3 he's like a great third guy for you but mm-hmm. like if he's like Jimmy, Jimmy was awesome actually in in Philly. He was incredible. Uh, Hero struggled, and Hero's still a young player. He still has a ways to go with his development. Um, yeah, I can see that. I just wonder if we, if we saw R.J. Barrett with Miami, you know what what that would look like. You know, I think franchise and situation when it comes to almost everybody else that we're going to talk about today matters so much um who's your coach who what kind of standard did they hold you to um almost everybody else that we're going to talk about almost all of them are in like pretty good situations you know when it comes to the team that they play for um and there's a reason for that you know and the next guy that i'll choose at six is jordan Poole, who's in an Great. incredible situation, like the perfect situation, and is a creator off the dribble. I mean, he's basically been doing a Steph Curry impression all playoffs and for the second half of the season, really since January. He's been incredible for them. And it is tough to find that kind of player. And there's not another player like, like this in this particular draft um, that can create like this off the bounce, shoot threes, do everything that he did and you know credit to the warriors for sticking with him and developing him he went 28th in this draft i mean guys yeah. like kevin Gelle, who we liked you know before the draft went before him dylan windler went before him to little ty jerome went four spots before him darius Baisley, you know grant williams who i like grant williams but still like you'd rather have jordan Poole. all those guys went before him and credit to yep. the Warriors for having a vision for him. You know, he didn't have a, a great year at Michigan before they drafted him. Uh, he had a horrible start to his career to where you thought, is he just, are they just going to waive him? And he's emerged. And it's been, it's been a really cool storyline. Um, I don't love it that it's for the Warriors, but it has been a cool storyline for, <laughs> for him, you know, individually. Yeah, and if you, I mean, Jared Kohler. Holy smokes. That was the number six. That is probably not going to make the first 45th picks in, in this. No, in this and, and also you have to wonder about situation for him. Like, What was the opportunity yeah. like for Jared Kohler when he came into the NBA? Was he put in the right that spot? Was bad team. Was he, given was, the like right, team. was he given the right tools? I mean, to me, it's all situation from here. Like, horrible situation for Culver. Horrible. 
And and some of these guys, yeah. some of these guys trick you too. Some of these guys trick you. If if you are somebody that loves, there's I mean, there's a few players in this draft. Shaden Sharp is one of them. I think Matherin's another one. Where if you love those guys, and this is somebody that I don't think will pick in this draft, like Cam Reddish. Like you have to be, you got to look back at what at Cam, and be a little worried about taking those kind of guys, because what Cam yeah. Reddish has, like Cam has pedigree. Like he came in, and when you ask like a lot of pros who they you thought would be the best player in this draft, like some of them Sam, some of them said Cam Reddish, because yeah. of what he did prior to even to come to the NBA and prior to coming to Duke is that they saw this guy and the Knicks traded for him and he didn't play. And the Hawks like have admitted that we let him go so that we could take a step forward, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there are issues, you know, with taking guys like that at times. And if you wonder on draft night, like why didn't the Thunder take this guy? Why didn't they take that guy? Or even, during the season, it was like, why didn't the Thunder trade for Cam Reddish? I asked that question many times. I, I know. We had dis- that- we have discussions of that on yeah. this show, on the Dream Team show. I I I don't I don't know. I, I'm not saying like in hindsight, like, oh man, I was so right, but I just there was something up with him. Yeah. When teams weren't lining up to get him and the threshold that it took to get him was so low and the Hawks who, oh, yeah. who had a tremendous investment in him because the, the Luka Doncic trade was Trey Young and him. Yeah. And you want it to work out with all the passion you have as an NBA team builder. And when you are okay with letting him go for very, very little, you have to be like, Oh, Okay. There's oh, a when that trade problem. went down, it was like I had no doubts. Like, whoa. Yeah. If that happens, then you you really start to say, hey, maybe maybe it's on him and not well, on the team. And and if like the Thunder or the Rockets or the Magic or somebody like that doesn't step up to pay, or even the Pelicans who have a ton of picks, yeah. when all of those teams who have the assets, who have young cores who aren't trying to win, who are not trying to win this year outside of the Pelicans, but the Pelicans just have the assets. When none of them step up and say, hey, yes, we will take him because you have screwed it up. Like, you you know there are problems. And so I just, that that's where like the Shade and Sharp stuff, I just wonder a little bit, you know, because if Cam Reddish didn't play a minute at Duke and declared for the draft, it would be a very, very similar story where it's like, hey, it oh, he probably goes number four. Oh. He didn't have a good year at Duke. No, he didn't. Yeah. And he went 10th. Yeah. He may have gone to the Cavs. He may have yeah. gone to the Hawks at their fourth spot because the Hawks have the fourth and the 10th spot. Yeah. You know, the Hawks, the Thunder have a, are a, very comparable to what the Hawks were in this draft, in this, cur- in this upcoming draft, and that they had four and 10. You know, and there were guys yeah. around Cam that would have worked. Like if they took Cam Johnson instead, like whoo, or Tyler. And we killed Phoenix for that. Oh, on draft night, we we're like, wow, great job, Hawks! What a draft! 
If they would have taken Cam Johnson or Hero or PJ Washington, you know, things are looking a little bit better. Yeah. Um, back to the number seven. The draft. We are number seven. Number seven. I have two guys in the same tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping like I keep flip flopping, um, but I'll stick with the. I don't know. No, I'm not sticking with the with the <laughs> pick that I have in front of me. I will probably go with Keldon Johnson right now. Yeah, I like Keldon. I have him at nine on mine. Yeah, the, the other guy uh, I was torn between is him and or Cam Johnson. I yeah. just think that he's still three years younger, and so maybe in three years we'll prefer Keldon a little bit more. Yeah, and that's that would be the Bulls at seven who took Kobe White. Um, Keldon would be great for them. Yeah. You know, they could use a four that can score and play defense. And he shot and shot it shot it well from three this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Keldon's been awesome. He's been awesome yeah. for them. Uh, number eight, which was the Pelicans, they took Jackson Hayes at number eight. Uh, not so good. I'll take Cam Johnson here. Yeah, uh, great shooter, willing. Defender, good in spots as a defender, great in a team concept, good character. You know, there's a lot to say about Cam. You know, he was older when he was drafted, um, but he's been great. Yeah, he's 23. Yeah, he's he's quite a bit older than everybody. I think he was the oldest player drafted in the first round that year. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far he was. But he's been awesome. I mean, he can't. You can't understate the production that he's had with Phoenix. And also, the situation in Phoenix has been outstanding for him, especially since yeah. Chris Paul arrived. And he was part of making it good. Yeah, um, he was. He was one of the first moves of the new regime, like moving away for certain player, from certain players, getting other ones, getting players that were okay playing a role, uh, being a little bit more mature maybe. And hey, I, I crucified them like, wow, like you picked Cam Johnson at 12, straight back, mm-hmm. take an asset. I said, no, mm-hmm. that's fine. He'll mm-hmm. be good for us, good enough for us. Yeah. And I mean, they were right. Now, um, this is a very, very difficult pick to yeah. make. Number nine, this is the Wizards. They took Rui Hachimura, number nine. Rui is not high enough on my board. <sighs> no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I think I will pick him in the lottery, but very late, probably mm-hmm. the last spot in the lottery. Um, the point is, the only player that I have left with real upside that can move the Wizards' timeline a little bit, or at least could have, um, is Kevin Porter Jr., but I don't really like him. Oh, no. Uh, woof. Um, woof. I know. I know. I have him 15 on my board. Come on. Yeah, I've got him. The players that I have. 19th. Oh no, I, I think that he has still like a decent not decent, but at least I mean, the, char- the character stuff with him, if you are yeah, the if know, you are the Cleveland Cavaliers and you just actively say, Please get him out of here. I don't yeah. I don't want any part of it. Not in the lottery Yeah, I know. But do do you agree that he's the only one with hey, if everything goes right and he puts his head a little bit okay, he has the upside of being some sort of No. A little bit more than a role player. No. Okay. I'm out. Fair I'm enough. like, I'm out. Like, I'm completely out. Fair enough. Yeah. 
completely out. Like I, I don't, I don't, want I don't know to, that he'll play a game of DeAndre consequence Hunter here. I don't know if he'll play a game of consequence. DeAndre Hunter can play in a game of consequence. I know, but it doesn't like it doesn't make any sense. He's a player that that for the Wizards. Yeah, there's okay, nobody else that moves. Him. There's nobody else moving the needle from here. From, exactly. From here on, exactly. it's just like players that will fit in and be productive and be helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's boring though. The Wizards don't need that. With Beal, like Hunter would be great with Beal because they need somebody to play yeah, defense, clean up, hit threes. They don't have any guy like that. They don't have anything that moves anything for me. Like they are hard. They are similar to the Pacers now. Like okay, give them another good player. Okay, they will have the same record. If Keldon would have lasted, I would have taken him. He would be nice. For sure. Him. Are you taking Hunter? Are you doing that? Yeah. It's, Did I talk it's you the highest on my KPJ? board. Yeah, I'm just. I don't so like the pick, him. but anyway. Yeah. Um, number ten is the Hawks, and they can't take DeAndre Hunter, um, who's been good for them when he's been healthy, which is an issue. Um, there's a few guys left on the board. I think my top nine are all gone, mm-hmm. so. I'll go with Grant Williams. Great. Great. I have him 10th on my board as well. Grant Williams. I really liked him in the draft process. He was Mm -hmm. one of like my guys in the draft process. He just, and he didn't, he wasn't this player that he is now when he was in college at Tennessee. He was kind of like a, physical back to the basket score in like these little dump off situations, like a little like mid paint floater, you know, rebound gritty. And he just developed into like PJ Tucker plus, you know, with the Celtics. And it's because yeah. he's in the right situation. You throw him on the Kings, you throw him in, in, in a lot of different situations. He's not going to be this, but the Celtics had a vision for him. And they developed him into the player they wanted him to be. And if you're the Thunder, you look at that situation and you're like, dear God, please help this to happen to JRE. You know, like this is what, this is like, this is the mold. This is what you want. Strong, physical, can shoot from the corner, you know, is going to make plays, can guard multiple positions, you know, and above all is just like strong as an ox. Like that's what you want out of this kind of player. And Jeremiah's like they're not incredibly different from what they were in college. Mm-hmm. Um so I would take Grant Williams there. I think Grant would be awesome with the Hawks in in this mold. Um does he become this player if he plays for the Hawks? Maybe. Because I do think the Hawks situation is a good one. And I do think that they value shooting threes. Um, so maybe he does become this, and Trey Young would be a great point guard for him to play off of. But we're still talking a fifth starter, a fourth starter at best, mm-hmm. um, and we're still in the lottery. So <laughs> that tells you this about this draft quite quite a bit. Um, next, the Phoenix Suns. Um, hmm, I don't like non shooters. Yeah. Um, not with this. And I group. have number 11, number 12, number 13 mm-hmm. on my board, all non shooters. Yeah. And then I have Rui 
and I don't like Rui there as well. No. So I'll go a little bit later on my board to grab Kobe White. Oh, um, what about PJ? You're not a PJ guy? But, no. Um, I really don't like um, the idea of putting a guy that is not mobile enough. He's a positional Kate. tweener. He's, a, he's, he's, he's Markeith Morris. That's exactly the yeah. player I don't like. Yeah, um, there's already Crowder there, which works. Yeah, uh, I don't think that Phoenix has the number one need in defense. They have already many players that can really defend well. Mm-hmm. Um, they turned Cam Johnson into a serviceable guy there. Mm-hmm. He was horrible uh, defensively at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Kobe White, I don't like him in many spots. I really like him in spots where you just have to take open trees. He takes the campaign spot in the rotation and is probably yeah. in his in upgrade. Like Kobe White's a good player. And I yeah. think that if and he's shooting 38.5% from three. That, yeah. that is. He's an, he's a nice player. And if he played for the Suns, people would be going nuts for him. Or if he played for the Warriors, like he could be yeah. Jordan Poole. And we're taking Kobe White at, at six instead of at 12. Yeah. No, I think that that with Phoenix you can have a you have an infrastructure mm-hmm. in place. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need a guy like Tybal who is a, a dog on defense. You, yeah. you do it by committee, and you just need to keep the flow of the offense going. And with Kobe White, you can replace um, like a little bit of what Campaign does, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of Shamet. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, thirteen. This 12. Was, 13. Who's 11? Oh, 11. I'm sorry. Where did, I, where did I mess up? I messed up somewhere. Yeah, you're right. Um, let's see. Oh, that's where I messed up. Okay. So, at 12 is where the Hornets are. They took PJ Washington. And you could take PJ Washington again. Like, you could justify that. Mm-hmm. If. They're going back in time and need a defensive guard. Like you could argue Dort here for them. Um, so if this is like a retroactive draft, um, you could also argue Terrence, Terrence Mann here. He has a little bit more yeah. size. He's a little more bendable. I think that's what I'll do. I think I'll take Terrence Mann here at 12. For the Hornets, um, player that understands the moment, he can take some pressure off of Lamelo. Um, I like him. He's hit a bunch of threes in the playoffs. He's been more than serviceable, and just like I would take him over Dort just because of the length and athleticism. Um, they're both questionable <laughs> offensive players, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um yeah, they are. Um let's see. Now it's the heat. Yeah. 13. Um guys that I have left on my board Dort, I have Tybal, which I don't like over Dort. I kind of of today. don't I like Tybal anymore cuz I just don't know what he does offensively that yeah. helps you at all. Nothing. That's the point he's, he's developed nothing. Uh, there was a tweet yesterday. <laughs> it was oh gosh who was it 
Oh man, I don't remember. They said, you know, they were they were talking about um, Dorian Finney Smith, and they were like, like Dorian Finney Smith spent his time developing a jumper, you know, in his off seasons, and Matisse Tybel spent his time working on his Final Cut Pro skills, you know, because <laughs> he made those little documentaries. Um, yeah, in the bubble, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like he just hasn't developed yeah. really hardly at all. No, and Dort developed uh, a lot more. Uh, yeah, Dort's. I mean, Dort. He averaged seventeen points per game. Like, there's no world, there's no team, no situation, no world where Matisse Tybel averages seventeen points per game, like zero. Yeah. So, if there is a place where Lou can learn mm-hmm. how to shoot trees, oh it's in man, Miami. put Dort. Dort. Perfect. Dort in Miami is horrifying. Yeah. He would be awesome for the Heat. Yeah. He'd be playing right now and people would be in love with Lou Dort. He would be the Heat culture emblem out there. Because he kind of yeah. like he is that right now, like for the Thunder. Like the way that he plays and the stuff that he's already done in his career. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great spot for Lou Dort. 13. Uh, 14 is the Celtics. They took Romeo Langford, who. Did not make my top 21. Um, shoot. Who's left that I like? Brandon Clark. I like Brandon Clark. I wondered if I got the Miami spot, I would have thought a little bit more about Rui because I do think that he needs a situation that's good. And looking at what Grant Williams has done with them, like I'm going to take Rui Hachimura there and just bet on the Celtics incubator to give him the right skills. Cause he started taking more threes this year for Washington. Yeah. And if he hits his potential, like he's better than Grant Williams, you know? Yeah. He's sure. way more skilled offensively. He's got a lot to him. If he can learn to stop being a ball stopper and commit a little bit more to defense, hit open threes. Because, I mean, if you're with Washington, like, what what are they doing? You know, what is, what's their direction? And they traded for the zinger at the trade deadline. Like, they don't know what they're doing. And Rui Hachimura's got a ton of talent. I don't think that they're the team to unlock it. If he were to go on a team with a pecking order established and they the, the Celtics have done well with choosing a coach of the future, I think Rui would, might be kind of awesome with them. So yep. I'll take Rui. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at the guys that we left off. Uh, Jackson Ace, still a little upside. Um, yeah. Good things, bad things. I'm kind of out. Still young. Yeah. No, not being like out. It can be like a eighth, ninth guy. Uh, still a yeah. guy, but a guy that you delete. could go get. Like, sure, yeah. No, no, I'm saying guys that um, if they stay in the league for mm-hmm. like two contracts, mm-hmm. that's probably late first round, early second round kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. value. Uh, PJ Washington. PJ um, Washington. I think that we mentioned him already. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Alexander Walker. Yep. We liked the first season yeah, yeah. more than the last one. Um, Why did the Jazz then, trade for him, by the way? What what are they what are they doing trading for him? 
Utah. Why? No idea. Made no sense. Um, no. Um, T- then THT. I think. Taylor Horton T- Tucker. I mean, to me, if Darius Basley was a Laker, you would have the same upside, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> yeah. There is. You mentioned KPJ. Max Struess is another one that I think that could have gone. Yeah. In the lottery. Uh, Daniel Gafford. No, lottery now. Gafford. I have Chuma Okiki uh, on the mention. Yeah, Okiki's um, interesting. Just because I really loved him uh, in the um, draft evaluation. That's another one where if he was in Boston or if he was with the Heat, Okiki. Yeah. You could, he could yeah, maybe. be an impact player. Uh, Nick Claxton. Yeah. Is also another one. I have it on my mention as well. That we missed. Brandon Clark, you mentioned him at 14, where I took Rui. Um, But he's been impactful for the Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, See, like, there are many players. There are, like, 20, 25 players that you can still see, hey, I can see a future for them in the league. And it's not nothing. Um, Just the upside. The upside players that can be true impacts on your team. Because once you get into this range... Like, how hard is it to replace Daniel Gafford in your rotation? Like, not that. I mean, if if the no. Oklahoma City Thunder have ever gotten a player in their history that could take the place of Daniel Gafford, then that you would you don't really have a guy, because the Thunder got Nerlens Noel in free agency, and yeah. if the Oklahoma City Thunder can replace somebody in free agency with the impact that you make, then you don't have a ton of value. No, you have eighth to twelve on a on a roster kind of value. Yeah, there's that. That's the thing, and Which, and I mean, how many true bigs do we take in the lottery? John Morant, no. Darius Garland, no. Zion, Zion. He's not a true big though, because he can handle and he can attack. Like he's no, not he's just totally just big. random true big, but he is giant. RJ, no. Hero, no. Pool, no. Keldon, no. Cam, no. Hunter, no. Grant Williams. He's more, I mean, he's maybe the closest no, thing to it, though. But he's not, yeah, though. No. Kobe, White, Terrence Mann, Dort, Rui. You know how many we took? We took zero. We took yeah. zero. Because the thing about Claxton and Gafford, like, those are the guys that I had closest on this list of true bigs. Like Patadze, who went 18th in this draft, we didn't even think about him. Brandon Clark is is a big, definitely, who you could have considered. But the thing is, like when you you talked about it at the top, like positional scarcity, like positional value. Yeah. You need to it's be a great. real thing. It's a real thing. And then when you look at this upcoming draft and who you like, don't just like them because they're bigs. Don't just like them because they're bigs. Because bigs that do what Claxton and Gafford do, you can go get them. You can find yeah. them. You can find guys that just block shots and rebound and play defense at the rim. Those are not... That's that's not an anomaly. And in fact, they're quite cheap to get. I mean, how much did the Hawks have to even give up for Clint Capella, who's like at the top tier of that? Yeah, yeah. Not not much, and the contract was an okay one. Yeah. Um, so it's. 
That's where in this draft, where when you get to like 12 and you're like, oh, well, we just need a big man. We better take Mark Williams or Jalen Duran or Walker Kessler. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, take a look again. Because there are guys in this draft that can fill roles, that can do things that aren't easy to find. Like, if you can get like a Dyson Daniels or Johnny Davis or Malachi Branham or like Usman Jang or heck, even like a Baji who I don't love because of his age and his defense, but he does something that is not easy to get. Just to me, I I want to think back at like how did the Thunder fill out their team through free agency? If they were able to swing something in free agency, then I'm not willing to take that kind of person in the lottery. Like, give no, me something ask, I can't get. Give me something yeah. in the lottery that I can't get, and then let's exactly. And that's that's to me is is what I'm I'm looking at. And that's where I think a lot of people love Tari Eason. Yeah, you're not getting a guy like Tari Eason. Um, okay, we got to go. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we appreciate you guys subscribing. Be sure to join us on May 17th at the Jones Assembly for our uh, lottery party. Should be very, very fun. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.